0: Welcome to the uh, extremely sad Rutgers edition of yet another Michigan football podcast. Um, so, you know, I think, I think the way we wanted to do things this week, uh, because God knows that spending, you know, more than 20 or 30 minutes actually previewing this horrendous um, night game would probably drive us both insane. Um, so I think what we're going to do is we're going to do a little bit of a, hey, where are we at? Um, program-wise. Not so much, I think we've all talked, we've we talked about the coaching staff and, you know, what we, our opinions on that enough. But sort of just, you know, from a player-by-player player perspective, how things went wrong and, you know, why we are in the position right now that we are currently in. Um, and then we'll spend a little bit of the time at the end um, projecting this horrendous, horrendous game. <laughs> um, so, uh, Connor, how are things going with you?
1: Hey, no, not bad, man.
0: <laughs> I'm actually fine,
1: <laughs> as fine as one can be these days. Um, Michigan football-wise, I you know what can I say? I wish they were better, but
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's where we all are. And I think honestly, it hasn't hurt me as much as I thought it would this season. Um, I still just you know, it'll, uh, I won't I won't reiterate too much, but I do just still wish they had beaten Michigan State. So that would that would really make this season so much better for me. Um, they, they would be legitimately potentially winning zero games this year. And we had to, you know, they had to ruin it for me. But anyway, um, so I guess, you know, to, to start off here, uh, you know, talking about uh, the quarterback situation, um, I, I think that, you know, our our optimism in the offseason, it was a little bit of a meme with, you know, Mil- uh, Joe Milton goes Zoom, um, and he did go Zoom a little bit. Um, but I think our optimism has been a little bit dented uh, just because of, one, the fact that it, it seems like all indicators are that they're going to make a change to McNamara um, in this game. That's that's not inside information or anything. It just, I from listening to Sam Webb and a couple other people, um, it just kind of seems like that's what they're going to do. Um, I mean, I mean, who knows? Like, it, it could go either way still. But I think that, you know, just speaking for myself personally, the way in which they were so quick to bench Milton um or even consider benching Milton right they haven't done it yet but but assuming that they bench Milton um the way that they were so quick to do so just makes me feel like they are not as as confident in Joe as I would have expected if he had really like you know won the job from Dylan McCaffrey um so you know I don't know this I, I, just from what I've seen from Joe so far and and from you know the, the general like, the opinions the coaches apparently have of him I guess I'm a little my my optimism is a little bit dented um Connor uh, what are your thoughts
1: so I, I have a somewhat different take here which is that after listening to the WTKA roundtable which I think is what you're referring to with Sam it, Sam didn't seem certain that they were going to bench him in that he said that it's, it was possible but I mean I don't know if you have other sources you're going on but like I I guess my point is I don't know what's going to happen it does seem possible that they're going to uh, bench Milton and start McNamara because that's what happened, you know, towards the end of the Wisconsin game. and McNamara had at least one good series. But but regardless, um, yeah, my optimism is dented because Milton in this last game was part of the dysfunctionality of this offense. And this is where I get to shout out your uh, brother, Josh, who was breaking down some film for me. Um Thank <laughs> you, Josh. You're you're my analyst. I'm going to keep shouting you out for all the help you're giving me, which is immense. And, and, and it just like the thing about this team right now, everything's going wrong, so it's hard to eval specific guys, but there were definitely cases in the Wisconsin game where there was a well-designed play that at least the receivers were executing, um, and Milton just did not come off his first read, did not you know look any, the defense off at all. And just missed wide-open guys, including at least in one case a wide-open Nick Eubanks in the end zone. By wide-open, I mean he was behind the entire Wisconsin defense, and they were all looking away from him. <laughs> so, um, it, the point being that, like, I don't know what to think about the offseason with McCaffrey. I'm skeptical about the McCaffrey thing because I think here's where I think Michigan fans need to consider the, the following. Every single year, there are quarterbacks who, are, who stick with a team where they absolutely despise the coach and have serious issues with him. Because they're gonna have a chance to start for a good football program. And I don't think Dylan McCaffrey like would have left Michigan if he thought he was gonna be like a starter. I, I just I, I can't see it. But that being said, yeah, my optimism is dented. I don't know where Michigan goes from here. I'm probably against benching Milton just because I think throwing that much of chaos into things is not gonna help this team. But I also don't know that it's gonna hurt this team. And I think the decision would come would be up to like, what do you think is right from like a team leadership standpoint? What are the players like, what's going to help the other players play better, essentially, and, and help them kind of get through this season? And I have no insight on that, so I can't really comment. Is that Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I think that it's tough, because I, I really felt like the, you know, the first game, they really didn't put anything on his plate. I mean, let's be honest. I think we were we were excited because of the way he was running and the way that it felt like he was making reads. Um You know, and then since then, it feels like they've just totally avoided putting anything on his plate to the detriment of the offense. Um, And, you know, Michigan State and Indiana, I think he made some heroic plays. But I do feel, to a certain extent, like he was getting a little bit lucky to not throw more picks. And now, you know, I mean, against Wisconsin, he was just completely lost um, and and just throwing the ball to, you know, well-covered guys, throwing really awful, awful uh, passes and he still has that those deep accuracy issues where he is he is incapable of throwing with any kind of touch um so you know with that all said like I'm not trying to be too hard on the guy because I do think that like that upside is still there and those good things he did are still there but I think there's real worry about like okay is y- you would sort of assume that like by him beating Dylan out that he had figured some things out and it just doesn't really look like that to be totally honest with um, so I mean I think that your hope is that like look if they're going with McNamara they're just throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks. Um, maybe McNamara comes in and he hasn't really gotten too much of an opportunity yet, and he looks like a guy that can at least like you know make the reads in an offense that's supposed to be all about reads. So I mean I don't know. I don't know where they go from here. Quite frankly I what I would want to see them do um, in the off season is uh, this the transfer market's going to be hot. Um, I would not hate them, whoever is the head coach next year, taking a transfer um, if, for next year's team. Uh, whether he competes for the job or wins the job, I think that a proven option um, is is not the worst idea.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be against looking for a high-floor transfer. Um, somebody who knows is functional. I, I think the problem is Michigan probably is not going to be in the market for the absolute best transfers. Like, you're not going to find, like, a Justin Fields. I mean, those guys really transfer anyway. But, like, um, I don't think they're going to be in the market for that for a variety of reasons. One of which is just that, like, you know, it, all else being equal, you know, if, if JJ McCarthy is still coming to campus, he's probably going to compete for the job as a potential true freshman starter. He's that, you know, kind of talent. Um, and then you have two guys that, you know, you start to wonder, like, how many guys are going to leave Michigan and what their depth chart looks like. And I, I kind of think that Michigan next year between McCarthy, if, if McCarthy, Milton, and McNamara were all there, um, I think they could cobble together like a reasonable depth chart um, and you hope for some improvement. I think that one of the really dire things about this program that I can't explain at all, I don't know how this program is so bad at developing quarterbacks. Like Obviously, Ben McDaniels must suck at his job because no quarterbacks ever get better. I don't know what to say about it. Like He just must be terrible at it. Um, there are much less, you know, well-funded programs in Michigan that seem to, to help quarterbacks improve more. Um, sorry, I'm rambling now. I guess what I'm saying is like, I'm on the fence about all of it and kind of my, my priority is a little bit more, I guess that's where you and I differ. My priority is kind of like, how can we get through this season without the program totally imploding? And I think you're more okay with an implosion because you, you're more okay with a full reset <laughs> uh, yeah, than I am. I,
0: I want to make it clear. My, my, my will for this program to implode is not I don't I wish it didn't have to happen like if you told me right now Jim Harbaugh was gonna get fired at the end of the year I'd be like cool whatever win every game like yeah let's go but like I, I want to make sure he gets fired because I think that's what's best for the program long term so anyway we don't have to get into that I, I feel like I've made that clear but yeah I you know you're right about that with JJ coming in next year you know maybe within with you know a new coaching staff or, or a revamped coaching staff or whatever it looks like um, you could probably find some solid quarterback play. The the lack of quarterback development in this program overall is is what is I mean is honestly what has held this program back the most. And I you know yet another reason that I I just don't see things totally getting better. Or maybe they just need to hit on like the right guy. So I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see there. Um, I uh, I I feel like they just Michigan needs a quarterback like I mean Jesus even like Brian Lawerke. A guy that could just, like, make the reads and, you know, throw the ball to the right spot most of the time. Now, he was operating in a horrible, horrible offense. But, like, a guy like that is, you know, is, is like, valuable in college football. Like, a guy that, you know, can, can, like, run an offense. And, like, Michigan has just been unable to produce even a guy like that. Um, yeah. Which, you know,
1: anyway. I, I mean, so... I think we should probably move on from this, but I do want to make one final point, which like you said, like Lewerke and, you know, you made a key point there. I watched Lewerke play in some really horrible offenses that made him look terrible. And my my key thing for Milton right now is that I'm kind of with Sam Webb. I think he played very well against a sort of non-defense against in Minnesota. (laughs) Like we know what happened there. Um, And then he played, you know, certainly not terrible against Michigan State or Indiana. Not great, but like, you know, serviceable. And then he had one really abject game, and it was an abject game where it just, like, I, you know, I came home drunk to watch that game. Everything imploded immediately. Like, it just—I'm i, I I'm willing to give Milton a little bit more of a chance. After that. that game was just so—the the vibes were just, like, off the charts bad. I, I, I'm not giving up on the guy yet. That's where I'm at.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think he's done enough that you maybe don't bench him, um, unless he starts to look bad against Rutgers. So— but with that said, you know, we spent a lot of time on quarterback. Um, we will move on to the offensive line. This is a, pretty much a shorter one. I'll be honest, I you know, I'm not as worried long-term about the offensive line. They've done well at this position. Um, this offensive line is not as bad as the one in 2017. And they had both starting tackles go out, and that's pretty much hamstrung them. They've got a whole bunch of freshmen playing, um, like, this offensive line just is what it is right now, and they're not doing their best to, like, work around it. But I, I I, would say, like, this offensive line sucks, but I'm not worried about it long-term. Do you have anything else to add there? Yeah,
1: I mean, there, there's an such a long track record uh, at Ohio State, at Michigan, elsewhere, I think Notre Dame. Was Warner at Notre Dame? I, I, anyway. Um, I think he was. Yeah, like, he, I mean, this. there's no question Warner's a good development guy. And he's also been a good recruiter at Michigan, and they've got – some bullets in the gun for the future. They've got guys coming in next year. I, offensive line is not one of my concerns for this program right now. Um, they've not been as good as we hoped. They also have their two starting tackles out, and they're having to play some really young guys. And I, I, yeah, I'm with you. Not much to say beyond like it's not great, but it's not one of the things that
0: I think is going to derail the program. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, look every every team that the two of the teams in Michigan's that lost to so far, Michigan State and Indiana have both had worse offensive lines, and they work around them. And, you know, that's that's part of our complaint about the coaching staff in general, so we won't get too into that. But, you know, um, at running back, again, a place I'm not really worried insofar as, like, there's a lot of talent, and I, I still do feel like there is, you know, that, that talent is still there. Um, they just haven't really had a chance to prove it. Um, I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm a little bit frustrated that it seems like we're switching running backs every drive. And I feel like, honestly, we're probably going to lose one or two of these guys to transfer if we don't, you know, like, get, at least get them a little bit more production. That's really my biggest worry from a running back perspective.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of, I think that my hot take right now is Michigan would probably be better off the way things are going, be better off if, quorum was just your primary rusher and then you had haskins in particular sets um like those two guys are probably all this team needs because quorum brings some pass catching ability i'd love to see them unleash evans and in fact one thing josh was pointing out is there have been times that both evans and quorum get wide open just get sprung open by the, the play calling um and milton's not finding them because he has to get through his reads and he's not doing it so that's part of the issue is that these guys should be getting targeted more in the passing game but like I, I, right now, it's hard to imagine there isn't some disgruntled dissension in that running back room because, like, I think the coaches still love Corum. He's running into a brick wall a lot. If you're Charbonnet, you've got to be thinking that you could be in a situation where things are just easier for you because, I mean, talk about running into a brick wall. The guy is just getting no, no help. He's running into, the, you know— <laughs> He's just getting getting tackled for he's loss just having
0: pass block all game. Like, yeah, it's really- Yeah, I mean,
1: if you're him, you're like, okay, can I go play at, like, UCLA or, like, any any Power 5 program and, like, have a, a better time? Probably. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if Charbonnet transferred. That's my hot take because I think the guy you want to keep is Corum. He's the highest upside guy. And you have Haskins. I mean, Haskins is still a dog. Like, Haskins is one of those players that can, like, still look good when things are going terrible because he's just this relentless dude who's hard to tackle. Um... But, yeah, I mean, that, that whole situation, I think the deepest problem there is they, they haven't been incorporated effectively into the offense because of the general chaos of the offense. And if somebody has to transfer, I'd rather it be Charbonnet than Coram, I
0: think. Yeah, I mean, it, the, the the Michigan, I feel, still does just have a loaded backfield. And it's just incredibly frustrating that they're just getting absolutely nothing out of it. It's really, really frustrating. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, I mean, part of that's on the coaching, part of that's just on the offensive line. I mean, you know, we, we've we've talked about it, but it's 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 brutal. I'm not I'm not lower on any of these running backs um, than I was to start the season. If anything, I'm I'm higher on Haskins and Corum. Um, so it's it's just tough right now. Um, moving on to tight end here, um, I mean, kind of yikes. Like, I yeah, just holy Eric <laughs> Eric All has been. I mean, look, Nick Eubanks has been hurt a little bit, and then you know, dropped some balls. I mean, I don't know. He sort of is what he is. I I don't know if he was ever great. He's not lived quite up to the promise of his freshman year. Eric all has been the big bummer. I mean, he's he's been a good blocker, so there's still that, like, upside. And the coaches still seem to believe in him. But he's just dropped everything thrown his way, and there's nothing really else to say about it. I I mean, the one
1: thing I can say is he made a phenomenal catch for a loss of two yards. (laughs) Yeah. On a deflected pass um, in this game. And it's like, oh, okay, look at that. Eric Gould going up for a jump ball, saving a possible pick six with his great hands. And it's like, where has that been on the routine balls? Um, and then, of course, Eubanks, I mean, he wasn't as bad last game, but, like, you know, he got hit right in the face mask and had both hands in the ball in Joe Milton's first pick. And it's just, like, that's at the tenor for the entire game. And was one of the reasons why I was loathe to, like, be as mad at Milton. Because it's just, like, well... Mullen's making a lot of mistakes, but, like, what is this? What are these guys doing? And, yeah, the tight ends have just been, in the passing game, I mean, beyond abject. I don't know when the last time Michigan had passing tight ends this bad was. It was probably, like, the Nixon administration or something, like a totally different era of football. They just don't catch anything. So
0: Yeah, and it's one of the other frustrating parts about just, like, this program in general right now. Like, you used to be able to hang your hat on, like, the fact that Michigan was going to have, like, these tight ends that were just, like, getting open all the time and, like, just being generally annoying, even on some bad offenses. Like you had, like you had Gentry and you had McCune and like all these guys. And it's like, now we don't even have that. And it's like, it's just so frustrating right now. Um, so, and then from a wide receiver's perspective, I think this is one of the areas where, you know, arrows up. I mean, I feel that, um, Johnson has been, has been really good. Um, he's made some really nice plays. Um, I feel that, Uh, Jackson has been, has shown that he can be, like, a legitimate receiver and not just, like, a jet sweep guy. Um, Henning has, has flashed. Uh, Sainer still has flashed as a downfield receiver again. Um, and, uh, and, and Ronnie Bell has been, like, basically what we hoped he would be. This is just, like, again, like, I mean, there's, there's talent on this offense. Like, that's just not, that's not just us saying it. Like, there's, there's enough, there's enough stuff on this offense to make it, like, to be relatively productive and they are just—they're just not being put in positions to succeed. Um, yeah, and that's I mean, not just us. Yeah,
1: I mean, honestly, if anything, the receivers look a little bit better than I expected going into the season. And I thought they'd be, yeah, better. like yeah, Ronnie Bell. Really. Ronnie Bell gets open all the damn time, man. Like he—he's he really just does. constantly open. He's—I mean, he's got to be one of the best guys in the country getting separation. Um, he's absolutely an NFL receiver. He's just a crafty guy with all, with very good measurables. Who just. I mean he has incredible intuition for how to play receiver and he just goes and and gets himself open seemingly every play. Uh Rowan Wilson, you didn't even mention him. He's he's good. Like, you know, I mean he came in through freshman. Uh, he's not he's not amazing yet, but he's like a functional part of the offense and, you know, you're seeing the speed and the upside. Um and Johnson, like Johnson's made some really tough catches. Like his touchdown I guess in the Indiana game was like one of the best plays an offensive player has made this year. It may probably probably the best actually. And like he's, you know, He's what we hoped. He's a physical guy with with great hands. He's also getting open a lot. Like, these guys are just – if Milton were getting through his reads, these guys are doing their best to make his life easy. Um,
0: yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think overall, like, you know, going through the offense here, like, I'm optimistic for this long term if they can figure – I don't know. Like, they, I'm optimistic for the talent on this team, but they need either – an offensive coordinator that's willing to like let them run, really run a modern offense, or a quarterback that is able to make the reads in a modern offense, like it, they this needs to work. Like this, they need to do. They need to fucking like call the good plays, you know, or or execute the good plays because it's just it's so frustrating right now that they, they have all the pieces. This is this is worse than last year when we were complaining about Shea Patterson holding this offense back um it, and it, it you know it's worse now um and like i feel like it's it's being handcuffed even more like i'd rather they they put Milton out there and have him like make the wrong reads on an rpo or a, or a quarterback you know uh, or a zone read or whatever than just like these zero read plays that are dead to rights um so you know i think i think ultimately like if we get a new offense if we get a new coach and offensive coordinator in here next year um, or you have Gaddis that's, like, you know, unleashed, quote-unquote, um, and you pick up maybe, uh, you know, either J.J. McCarthy or a transfer quarterback, like, I'd be optimistic for this team. Um, you know, I think that this could be a quick turnaround on offense, um, but it's just, right now, it is just not gelling, and, uh, you know, it, it just is what it is. Um, so, moving on to defense. Um, I think defensive tackle, uh, you know, I think these guys have, like, actually, on an individual level, reasonably progressed, um, Hinton's been okay. I mean, these guys got washed by Wisconsin in like you know yet another like team wide implosion. But I don't know. Like again, it's tough to even judge anybody individually when the team just uh, collapses like that. Um, you know, Kemp is like is like has been productive. Uh, he's been forced out to end now, but you know he was productive as an interior player. Um, Hinton, Jeter, and and Welshoff all have progressed to like being okay to the point where like, hey, maybe next year we could be looking at like a couple of impact defensive tackles, um, you know, if they just progress a little bit more. Um, So, you know, this, this, I feel like this, this position group has been what we hoped for on an individual level. Um, But, you know, I mean, the defense has just had like a a systematic implosion.
1: Yeah. I I mean, yeah, I think that the DT thing gets a little bit overstated because like on the one hand, Michigan need has needed to recruit more DTs. They, they need to have more guys in the roster than they have now. And losing Rayshawn Benny is one of the most frustrating things to happen with recruiting. But that being said, you know, this group is not – if this team were functional on both sides of the ball and making use of their talent on the whole, I don't think this group would be the thing holding them back in the way they were last year. Um, you know, I mean, a lot of teams work around much worse DTs than these guys. Um, there's, there's a little bit of functionality in there, I feel like uh some people may disagree but like again Lisa they get, yeah, get washed they get washed by Wisconsin this is a good Wisconsin team that has once again one of the best lines in the country getting beaten fairly badly by them doesn't like worry me in the way that um you know stuff that happened last year did so yeah I mean this is not a strength of the program by any means uh it did get a little bit better <laughs> and you know it, it, it the problems for me are more about like where are the future DTs coming from like we we need Chris Jenkins to be a hit for instance, we're, we're on track, all else being equal, we're on track to need Don, Dominic Jadis to be a hit. I don't think that's yeah. going to happen, Jeez. so
0: I I don't know. I mean, but, yeah, it's, yeah, it's it's just, I mean, and that's the problem, is, like, they're going to be losing, I mean, you know, they're getting an extra year of eligibility here, but they're going to be losing, um, they're going to be losing Kemp, and they're going to be losing Jeter eventually, maybe even next year. And then it's like, okay, well, I mean, yeah, it's there's not enough defensive tackles in this roster. I don't know what they thought was going to happen, but there's not. You know, and uh, that you're you're left with guys like Welshoff who are still undersized. Like that's not a true nose tackle. Um, and I think that like you know our, our faith in just like hey Don Brown will figure it out is I mean to, to say the least evaporated. So you know it, it, this 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 is what it is. And I, I again another area where like another coaching staff um, or or this coaching staff's uh, sons Don uh, Don Brown um, should uh, you know get they, they should bring in transfers because there's going to be a hot transfer market um and this is an area where you know as we've seen with ruckers you know we'll talk about a little later you can find impact transfers um maybe even from michigan um <laughs> 12 so, more transfers uh, back that would be the ultimate yeah, <laughs> exactly oh my god um so moving on to defensive end um you know i mean it, it's sad that both of our all americans are going to miss their final years of eligibility um incredibly frustrating they were both on track for being you know like, legitimately all Americans. They were having a great year. Um, I think this could be a bit of a problem spot next year. Uh, but, I mean, you know, Upshaw has has flashed a little bit. Um, Villain looks like he's kind of just a guy that can potentially fill in as a senior. Um, and, and then you've got, like, a handful of, of you know, recruits that are, are sprinkled in here and there. Um, you know, I... I, it's hard to know what you really have. I mean, we'll see throughout the rest of the season. There'll be a little bit of a tryout for next year's defensive ends. Um, you know, I will say that there has been a lack of um, of true pass rush recruiting. Um, David Ojabo is really the only exception. And, uh, you know, again, like, our, our faith in just, like, hey, Don Brown will figure it out has waned a little bit, so... Uh, just a little, maybe. So, just a little. So, I mean, you know, we'll we'll see where things are at the end of the season. I wouldn't say I'm, like, worried, worried, um, but I would say, like, hey, there's going to be a huge drop-off next year, for sure.
1: I mean, there's no question you have a drop-off from Hutchinson and Pay, who just are both studs, and it's really, I mean, it's just incredibly sad. It's one of those things that is kind of a legitimate excuse for the coaching staff, because, like, when you start the season with two of the best defensive ends in the country, full stop, and you lose both of them... <laughs> That sucks. It would suck for any team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I will say Brayden McGregor is someone I'm excited for. I think he could potentially be very good. Um, hopefully he's ready for next year. Uh, I think Ojabo is a guy that could come along as well. So, like, you know, they've got some, some guys with upside that hopefully can play next year. And so it's not – this is not as much of, like, a, a – this is actually less of a concern for me even still than defensive tackle, just because they do have some, some interesting prospects there. But, like, yeah, it's – it went from, like, the – Undisputable strength of the team to I don't know what we have um we'll find out against a you know a bad team we'll see if they can get home if, if guys like Upshaw can can beat out bad offensive tackles you know um I, I, I don't know what to say about it just because there's nothing to say other than it's a huge bummer
0: to have two first round yeah. draft picks and they both go down so right exactly um and I think you know I'll talk about this a little bit at the end when we kind of do our overview but like It's another spot where like Michigan's talent has gotten worse under like than it was under Hoke even, Um, so I'll talk about that a little bit. But it's it's that is a frustrating area for me on 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 defense at least. Um, So from a linebacker perspective, I mean like this is the worst. This is like the most frustrating part of the team. These guys have just sucked this year. (laughs) Like I don't even know what to say about it. Like Cam McGroan and Josh Ross, who we both were pretty sure about, like we talked about this being one of the gems of the program have just sucked this year. And I feel like part of it is they're being asked to play zone and they don't know how, and they're not being coached. Well, um, which is really, uh, that's almost gotta be the only thing, but I, Josh Ross has just Cam McGrown, Maybe it's some zone things, but Josh Ross legitimately has just been bad. Um, and, I, he's a guy that, like, you know, let's let's throw a freshman out there and, like, at least give him a kick in the ass. Because he, he looks totally lost out there against the run and against the pass.
1: Yeah, I mean, to be clear, there are places that, like, I'm going to wring my hands about a change in personnel. Like, I think a quarterback change is, for instance, often counterproductive because it, like, gets into the politics of the team. There's just, like, so much can go wrong there for not as much upside when your backup is, you know, Cade McNamara. But um, I will say in this case, like, okay – mcgrone's staying on the field if he's healthy because mcgrone last year was like on track to be an all-american and has you know elite nfl measurables and um you know could potentially recover and still be a high nfl draft pick like i still think he can be a very very good player probably because he's an elite athletic talent he's got to stay on the field i think for this team to have any chance of beating people but josh ross on the other hand uh put shibley in uh, put in adam faki i don't care like put in the walk-in the walk-ons who do things right um put in put in nikai Hillgreen or Kyyle Mullings uh because yeah ross has been terrible he doesn't have enough upside to justify keeping him on the field um you know and Michigan has a kind of a combination of guys who are just like you know seventh year astronaut walk-on guys and like um super talented freshmen and just throw them out there man it's not like changing the quarterback just get it over with
0: yeah, I mean, fuck it. Like you know, like Adam Shibley, like you know, he's he played pretty well in like limited action. And like this is like a walk on that, you know, like I mean, goddamn, like do something nice for him. Like the season's over anyway. Like like just put let's 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 try out the decent walk on over Josh Ross, who has been horrible. Um, so you know, and then I mean maybe maybe you get a kick in the ass and, and Josh Ross comes back stronger next year, but I mean I don't know. He's been bad for two years now. Um so safety one area where I feel like things have lived up to what we thought they were, um, Brad Hawkins. Brad Hawkins has come down to earth a little bit after uh, having like an all-American PFF level season, which none of us really believed. Um, so, But he's still like decent. Like he still makes most of the tackles he's supposed to. Um, and, and Daxon Hill has more or less been like what would on a better defense be, like, you know, the difference maker, like the one that was promised. Um, incredibly frustrating. And, uh, you know, it is, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, if you want to make yourself sad, think about like what
1: happens in uh, 2017 or 2018 against Ohio State if they have Dax Hill. Oh,
0: God,
1: yeah, <laughs> they they, they probably I, win. I mean, especially 2017, yep. they would have won. But anyway, um, uh, yeah, yep. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, he's yeah, Dax Hill's the truth. Like, I just hope he doesn't transfer to Bama. You know, um, yeah, hope we get one more year of him. He's great. You know he's one of the he, like he and Ronnie Bell are the two guys that like have managed to just look like absolute studs in the midst of whatever the hell this team is doing, and that's no small feat because there are some really good guys. The like, guys that I would put in the category of not looking like studs, despite also not individually being terrible, would be like Corum, who like you know it's hard for him to look like a stud even though he is because like he's running into a brick wall every time. But like Hill at Hill, much like Ronnie Bell, um, you can just tell how good he is, and like you know NFL. He's another. High, he's one of the several high round NFL draft picks that this team had coming into the season. You know, five of whom are now hurt, but there's still some on the field. Um, I, yeah, like Dax, uh, whatever it takes, man. Like, uh, I'll wire you some Ethereum, some Bitcoin.
0: <laughs> Just keep you on the team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, no. Uh, it's it's especially especially impressive to be like such a, like in a, when you're on a defense that is struggling so badly, both schematically and uh personnel wise it is impressive to do what he's done so you know uh probably destined to be one of the uh the great what ifs of michigan football awesome which we just don't have enough of i was Um, gonna say like
1: i don't know if he's even one of the great ones it's like a a mid-tier what if for the last right yeah he really is
0: (laughs) oh jesus uh depressing um so cornerback uh you know vincent gray seems like he just sucks i'll just be honest like i don't that's not to shit on the kid obviously but you know like this this guy kind of is what we all feared he was. Um, he is just slow and he's he's not co- even confident right now and specifically he just cannot support the run at all. Um, so like if you're just a big slow corner that can't assist in the run like that is not somebody that should be playing in the big ten. <laughs> I don't I don't know what to say about it he's he's not very good. Um, and it's, it's, it's questionable what the coaching staff saw in him to like make him their number one corner. I think it's one of the most baffling things, especially because, you know, Jemon green has been what I would, what I would say is promising. I don't like, like Jemon green has flashed. I'm not Jim green has been by no means been a good corner. Um, but he looks, he looks a hell of a lot better than, than, uh, than Vincent gray. Um, who just cannot do any part of the job right.
1: <laughs> the thing with Green is that, like, he has the physical traits, from what I can tell, of an NFL corner. Um, he's part of a totally dysfunctional defense. And, like, what the hell happened to Mike Zordich? Like, has Zordich – like, I, I truly – that's, that's – uh, I, I have lots of questions for many guys in the staff, obviously, but, like, Zordich is someone where it's, like, you're this legendary developer of players. You're, like, Mr. No-Nonsense. Like, tell it how it is. Like, how did you not teach these guys any ball skills? Like, as soon as the ball goes up into the air, like, Michigan's cornerbacks, regardless of how talented they are, like, you know, like, pull down their own pants and fall over. Yep. <laughs> every time. Yeah, they just...
0: They, these guys execute a perfect form tackle out there every time, like, the ball goes in the air. It's crazy. And <laughs> right, it's, like, like, sometimes... To the point where they've been in, like, good coverage, and then they just, like, commit PI. I mean... Yeah, like, yeah. DJ Turner is another guy that, like, might have good physical traits, but, like, as Brian
1: pointed out, like, he was in position and just tackled the receiver, like, as soon as the ball went up. And you're just, like... What? Like that's just not that stuff you're supposed to be unlearning in high school. It's like they unlearned it at like good high school programs and they got to Michigan and then like learned to just totally panic if they were targeted. And that's yeah. it's inexplicable.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Um and you know, this is an area where like they need I mean, look, in the it seems like in the 20 the 2021 class again like they have one guy who you hope is like a little bit underrated um that you know, I'm kind of high on in uh uh, which is a uh, Burrow, right? He's, guy, he's, yeah. he's fast, at least. Yeah. We know he's fast. He's fast. We know he's fast, and it seems like Ohio State took a look at him, so, you know, you're hopeful for him. But they don't even have a second guy. Like, they should be taking, like, four corners in this class, and they can't even, like— they're trying to, you know, they, they were trying to take away uh, a Mariano Mar- Mar- Cooper um, from Florida State because they were a dumpster fire, but now we're a dumpster fire, so, like, they're probably not going to be able to do that. Um, so, like, I—you know, the, the, they, they're not taking enough corners in this class— the the help seems to be coming in the 2022 class maybe, um, I mean but like that's that's not yeah. soon enough and uh, and so that, that whoever is the coaches next year need to um, take any and all transfers that they can get because there is no cavalry on this roster outside of um, Andre Seldon who yeah. has not cracked this lo- this rotation this year and is like five so, you
1: know. Yeah. I mean, like, but like you got to play Selden, right? Like, One of, one of my demands of the staff, if I were in a position to make demands, would be play Seldon. Like, OK, if he goes out there and he sucks and he's clearly not ready, like, fine. All right. He's a true freshman. Like, he can try again later. But like, we got to see it. We know this guy can run. Um, every indication we have about him as a recruit is that he has good ball skills. Like, give him a give him a shot. Like, I don't need to see any more of Jalen Perry. I certainly don't need to see any more of Vincent Gray on the field. Um, play, I think, I think Eamon Dennis should be getting some burn. He's like, we know he's fast, right? He's measurable. Anyone
0: fast. And I mean, move over, move over any of the, like move over AJ Henning and like have him go, like just tell him to like stick with a wide receiver. I mean, this where we're, I'm being, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit here, but like anyone fast should be on the field right now for them. Um, and it's just, I, I think that, you know, to segue a little bit into general defensive complaints, um, I think something that, uh, that Steve uh, Lorenz said on, on the Michigan Insider podcast this week about um, just Michigan's general or Don Brown's general reluctance to uh, play young players on defense no matter what I think um, Dax Hill was the first freshman ever to start a, a game f- uh, for Michigan under Don Brown, which is crazy. Um, and you which is you can, can contrast that with offense where they've had plenty of freshmen contributing. Um, it feels like it's it's like a, an ideological thing for him to not have freshman play that he wants guys that specifically know their assignments. Um, and clearly none of these guys know their assignments. So like, what are we doing? You know, like you've got veterans out here playing like completely shooting the wrong gap. Like let's see what happens, man. Uh, you know, yeah. The, the I mean, talent out there. to be totally frank, like I don't know is about like
1: assessing linebacker play or DT play cornerbacks a little bit easier to assess because <laughs> the idea yeah. is to prevent the receiver from catching the ball. Um, And to help in the run occasionally. And like, I can say to a certainty that like in four games, we've seen Michigan cornerbacks do every single bad thing it's possible to do as a cornerback, in most cases, multiple times. Um, And what that means what that says to me is like, I there's there's absolutely zero excuse for not trying different things. I don't care if it's the walk on from the track team, like your cornerbacks. Are making a mockery of the, the concept of covering a receiver so like <laughs> <laughs> throw someone out there sorry I, I could go on about this but it just it is so baffling to me how we got to this point
0: yeah it's it's terrible i mean it just it's i i just did i never expected the things to come off the rails like this um especially on the defensive side of the ball like we just took it as such an article of faith that like don brown would field a top 15 defense you know and it is insane to see it this bad. Um and you know, like I, I talked about this a little bit earlier. I just feel that the the talent right now is worse than when they came in with, you know, like it's gotten worse every year under Don Brown, quite frankly. He comes in in twenty sixteen and they just had, you know, that big recruiting hall that ended up being like, you know, pretty damn good with uh with Gary and, you know, all those guys. Um and then in – and then 20 – like, it has gotten wor- – like, talent – there have been talent gaps that have opened up every year since. 2017, um, you know, they're basically just as good as a defense, mostly because Mo Hurst just turned out to be, like, a, a, a God-level All-American. Um, and, you know, Chase Winovich also, you know, develops into a God-level All-American. So, like, not really so much, you know, uh, anything that Don Brown did, um, you know, besides coordinate, coordinate the defense. And then, like, you know, immediately 2018, okay, now there's no defensive tackles. Okay, 2019, now there's no defensive tackles and also, like, well, even less defensive tackles, really. Um, and then and then 2020, we have this, where it's just, like, all of a sudden, like, all the chickens have come home to roost. And all of these, you know, projects and East Coast guys and slow corners that they've been recruiting since Don Brown got here um, finally came back to bite them. And it's, it's shocking to see, so.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, to be clear, like, I don't think even the East Coast guys are the problem because, like, some of those, some of those like, weird Massachusetts guys Brown picked up were, like, great pickups, actually. Like, that's, you know, that's quitty Pay, Mike Sainristol um You know, it's not even that. It's more just that it's the holistic problem of, like, it, it never seemed to occur to this defense, like, oh, we're Michigan. You know, we recruited a top 10 or usually at worst top 15 level. Um that means we can go out and get cornerbacks every year who run at least in the four or fives. And we can get DTs who project to be 300-plus. Um, and, the, you know, also we have to do it because it's it's a, just a necessity in football now. The, that, like, seems to have failed to occur to these guys. I just don't know what to say, man. I mean, that, like, obviously any scenario because, – because I don't think it's inevitable Harbaugh gets fired. I know you hate hearing that, but I, I don't think it's it, – I, I just don't see it as – no, I don't think it at is this either, point. to be clear. Yeah, I mean, we, we might like that, but I think it's not inevitable. I just – you've got to fire this entire defensive staff, and you've got to replace them with people who understand recruiting, first and foremost. Um, because at this point, recruiting is a lot more – it's clear that recruiting is a lot more important than being a schematic genius in college football defense. So,
0: Yeah, you can't – There, uh, yes, it, it, recruiting is like the number one thing. It is the lifeblood of any program. And for a while, we didn't want to believe that because we just saw like, I mean, you know, Don Brown's just got his ways and he's going to bring in guys that fit his system and he's going to, you know, call the game well. Um, and it's just, you know, that's totally falling apart this year. So, you know, it, and it needs to, it's not a one-year turnaround, quite frankly. Like, I don't think this is about just like start calling zone or start like calling the game better. Um, they're going to have to build this roster back up to the point where it was in in 2016 and 2017. Um, and you know, so, uh, it's, it can be better next year. It definitely, definitely can be better and should be better. Um, but it is not going to be, you know, it, they're going to have to build it back up and, and that's frustrating, you know, coming from where the talent was a couple of years ago. Um, so then, you know, kind of moving on to a little bit more of the game preview and we'll try to be a little bit quicker here since we've already gone for 40 minutes. Um, Connor, I'll ask you first, do you care if Michigan wins this game? Yeah, I mean,
1: as long as I'm, like, chained to the mast and doing two podcasts about Michigan football, like, yeah, I'd rather <laughs> see a win. I'd rather see a win. Yeah. Um, I also don't think there's any upside to being humiliated losing to Rutgers. I, I also don't – here's my hot take about this. I'm not totally sure that, like, the that, that the win-loss threshold, that it's, like, the margin between Jim getting fired and not is, like, this game or any single individual game. So, like, I, yeah, on balance, I think it's much better if Michigan continues to still, you know, beat Rutgers. Um, and uh, I I will be even more upset if that's possible if they don't. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, I kind of, like, do agree with you for a little bit different reasons. I guess, you know, I don't know. It would be nice to see Michigan win a game, um, and there's still time to, like, be totally embarrassed by Ohio State, which could just be the death knell. Um, you know, so... There's time for, for for Jim to prove the needs to get fired, and I don't really want to lose to Rutgers. That's sort of like the um, you know, but I also would like if they lose to Rutgers, it's like I, they, I there is no there's nowhere for me to go. Like I'm I'm not gonna be I wouldn't even say I'd be upset. I said I would say like this game really can't move the needle for me anyway. So they might as well they they might as well win. Um, so you know with that, all that said, uh, <laughs> moving on to Rutgers offense a little bit. Um, starting at quarterback, uh, Noah Vedral, um, who uh, is bad overall, but has had his moments. Um, kind of like a little bit of like a, a a Rocky Lombardi, I would say, like weak arm, like okay runner, just like a guy that plays quarterback. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he,
1: he sure is a quarterback. Uh, I mean, <laughs> like we said this at the start of the season and we were, we were totally right the key thing about Noah Vidral, you got to bear this in mind and watch this game, is that he is not Arthur Sitkowski. <laughs> that,
0: <laughs> that, That's probably his biggest strength, is yeah. just not being Archer Sitkowski. Like,
1: the scouting report for him is like, well, he's not Arthur Sitkowski. He was like, I mean, Archer Sitkowski is probably, like, the worst quarterback in, like, the passing era of the Big Ten. Like, just <laughs> not not physically yeah. capable of, like, playing Big Ten quarterback. Um, so, you know, Vidral's still bad, but... Uh, I will say this. Rocky Lombardi is also really bad. Um, sometimes yep. a bad oh, quarterback. Oh, yeah. is no, yeah.
0: better than Lombardi, for sure.
1: Yeah, and if you let a bad quarterback make the one throw he can make over and over again, he'll still beat you. So the challenge here for Michigan is don't let him make Madden plays eight times in the game where it's the same goddamn play. You're not covering the receiver. <sighs> okay.
0: Yep. Um, so running back, Isaiah Pacheco, um, very good. Potentially one of like the best individual backs in the Big Ten. Um, and, you know kind of makes uh, makes the best out of this bad offense. Um, you know, very, he, he, he'll get into the open field. He's got power. He's got speed. Um, you know, uh, he's, he's a good receiver out of the backfield as well. Um, you know, a, a good running back. That's I, I don't know if there's really all that much else to say about it.
1: Yeah, I, I think he'll put up numbers in this game. Like, you know, even if it's comfortable Michigan win, I think he's probably due for a 100-yard day. Um, just because of Michigan's confused linebacker situation and the kind of porous, injury-ravaged defensive line. like He's going to be getting an, an easy six, seven yards. Not every time, hopefully, but like a lot. So he'll put up some, some stats, I think.
0: It, it should be also noted that Michigan's run defense has been like just – I mean, I, we've talked about it, but I feel like we haven't talked about specifically the run defense because the pass defense has been so bad. The run defense has been bad too. I mean, I think Michigan gave up – Uh, Michigan State's, like, best day. I think every team they've played has had their best day on the ground against Michigan. Um, Wisconsin, definitely, although it's only only two games, but they ran the ball way better against Michigan than against uh, Illinois. Um, And then I think Michigan State has rushed for, like, one yard per carry all year besides Michigan, where they ran for three yards per carry. Um, And then uh, I think Indiana also has been a pretty bad rushing offense and had a much better week against Michigan. So, um, I, I expect Isaiah Pacheco to get to get his against Michigan. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's just the reality of the defense right now. Um, from a wide receiver perspective, Bo Melton is, like, a really nice slot weapon. Um, just, like, a, again, like, another really good player on a bad offense. Um, and then the other two guys that they play consistently are just guys, but, like, just guys have owned this defense really hard so like a, another wide receiver room that's like not great but like definitely good enough to to have a day against michigan
1: yeah i mean I, ricky white uh it turns out is like one of the worst starting receivers in the big 10 <laughs> um and I, I don't need to tell you guys what happened there so you know i mean this this honestly might be the key matchup is, is can michigan do a better job covering another set of bad receivers
0: yeah, I mean, it's like, can they do, like, an Indiana-level job where, like, they were still bad in this game, but, in that game, but, like, they did generally stay in contact with receivers. I mean, the bar is so low right now, um, and it doesn't feel like this, ga- this team has any idea how to play zone defense. So, it's like, you know, I mean, it's—the secondary is a complete mess right now. I don't know if there's a team in the country that I would, like, feel confident saying, like, oh, Michigan's going to shut them down. Yeah, I mean, my—
1: my hot take about this with the defense is, like, it, Michigan should be able to get away with running the stuff Don Brown wants to run here that they actually know how to run because it is still Rutgers. Um, and, like, you know, if you can't achieve that – but, again, that didn't work against Michigan
0: State. So, I, I, yeah. I'm kind of at a loss here. I don't know. Here, so. I, I think if you're Michigan, like, I think the plan should be just let's get back to – you know, we said, like, after the Michigan State game, like, oh, my God, they need to run zone. And you know they did run more zone, but it turns out they just didn't practices practice it at all. So like in the event that we are not practicing zone, just go back to man. Like I mean you know like let's at least do something that we know like theoretically um, they uh, you know know how what they should be doing. <laughs> you know, like play man and blitz and and let's just like let's get some sacks because that, that's there's nothing this this defense cannot play zone. So like, don't even waste any time doing it. Um, just get burnt man coverage and uh, and like get a couple sacks a game and you know see what happens. Um, this offensive line is awful. Uh, they have one good offensive tackle, um, but like I I don't even know. Like it's not even like a personnel issue with Michigan's uh, defense right now. Like their linebackers just don't know where to be. So even if Rutgers can't block a, like can't block our subpar defensive line. Um, you know, and and, and Hinton and, and Jeter and everyone kind of has their way with these guys. Um, like, I uh, uh, Josh Ross is still going to fuck up a run fit. So, like, who? What does it even matter? Um, you know, this, this is a bad offensive line that Michigan should be able to get some pressure against. I guess is what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, and I think your your last note there is a really key one, which is that this is at Rutgers tonight game, or is it a night game? Or is it an afternoon game? I forget. Um, uh, it's a night
0: game. I think they're playing at six thirty. Uh, oh, great! Another
1: another night game for that's that's exciting um love
0: it It well so, actually michigan has their only win a night game this year so
1: that's true that's true i mean that feels <laughs> feels so long ago we were so young back then oh
0: my god yeah
1: <laughs> so innocent Jeez. dan um Ugh. but like the key thing is that ruckers is going to be fired up because they have there's some morale in that locker room like you could see it when they beat michigan state like they have some life they're probably you know psyching themselves up all week to play michigan to get a win against michigan um they're gonna come out firing and they're gonna come out. You know, if, if you, I don't expect Michigan to match them mentally, I just want Michigan to be like in a competent mental state where that which is not where they were, uh, you know, for most of the Wisconsin game. So, you've got to, I don't know who on this team is responsible for firing the guys up. I don't know if it's you know, a graduate assistant or some of the players or like the, the, the key variable in this game, um, forget about matchups, is truly just like, can Michigan find the leadership internally to cohere and. Get fired up to actually play a football game, so.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think that that's a good point. Just like, you know, Rutgers, like you know, like I think that Greg Schiano kind of understands how this rebuild has to go for Rutgers. I'm not sure if he'll be successful with it because you know, Rutgers is still Rutgers, and like it's it's a just a such a tough climb up right now. But he knows, like, hey, I don't care how bad Michigan is, beating Michigan is beating Michigan, you know. So, like, he's going to come out here with, like, they've run a ton of trick plays this year, and you know, like, he smells blood in the water. Like, this this is the year to beat Michigan if you're going to do it, and that would be huge for his program. Like, like it was huge for them to beat uh Michigan State. So, like, they're absolutely going to come out fired up. They're absolutely going to bring out some stuff that Michigan hasn't seen. Um, not even just trick plays, but just, like, you know, they're going to bring out some, like, uh, some tendency breakers that Michigan has not seen. So uh that's that's what i would say is like kind of the x factor here is like if Rutgers can just get like a handful of big plays um that could be like enough to win this game so i love god i, I just
1: did you ever think we'd be at the point where we're like living in fear of the Rutgers big play <laughs>
0: <laughs> i mean truly like I, you know it it, it is I, we can't say it enough but it is just such an indictment on like we remember i think we like skipped over Rutgers in, in the season preview because we're like oh, it's Rutgers. like we'll be fine like it's it, like and not even just like a, from a their bad perspective but it's like Michigan always stomps out teams like this under Harbaugh and it's like this to see it just come crashing down like this again it, this year has been just it has just been so bizarre to watch yeah i <laughs> what
1: can you say yep. at a certain point
0: <laughs> it is what it is yep. um from a defensive perspective uh this is where we get to bitch a little bit um turns out Michael 1 is like very good in his, in his, uh, very specific, um, disruptive role in this, uh, Rutgers defense. Um, and, uh, you know, I just feel like Michigan could have really used that, and I don't know how you let him go home. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this gets, I was looking
1: at that note, and I was thinking about my take, which is that, like, is 1-4 a limited player? Yeah, he's probably not an NFL guy. Um, he's getting some sacks this year because he's allowed to just shoot up field. And sometimes the quarterback is in the place where he shoots, right? Like, that's that's what he does. That's the one thing he's good at. He was good at that in Michigan, and he was a terrible run-stuffer. And I think this gets to the key thing about one reason Michigan's fallen off the rails. It's like, you're not, you're not allowed to just be that at Michigan unless maybe your name is Josh Uche. So they figured out he was good right. like, at one thing. But, like, everybody else at Michigan, like, you have to learn this, like, whole suite of, like, you know, NFL-caliber skills to be on the field. If you don't master all of them, you're going to be on the bench. And we won't adjust to our personnel. Our personnel have to adjust to our wish list of things we want them to do. And that's not how college football generally works. Like most of the teams that, have, that Michigan has faced, uh, all the teams that have, actually every team's Michigan has faced this year because they haven't played Ohio State or Penn State yet um, and even forget Penn State. Like all those teams, they're all adjusting to the fact that they have very limited players and that very few of those guys are going to play in the NFL in any meaningful capacity. And they have to get this, build around what the actual strengths of their players are. Um and, and what we're looking at here is, is Rutgers willing to do that with their transfers? Like, they're still bad, but they brought in transfers and actually tried to work with what they had. Versus Michigan living in complete denial. And that's why a guy like, you know, Dwum Four is at Rutgers instead of Michigan right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it, it goes back to just like, you know, I, this team has, and we've heard this from like insider types, that like they, they seem like very confident in almost every game they're going into. And it's like, it's a point where they just get punched in the mouth against these teams. And it just doesn't seem like they can accurately evaluate their talent, um, like Rutgers has here. Like they they use Michael Dwumfour like he should have been used. Um, it's yeah, I yeah we can't. I'm not gonna bitch about it anymore. But it's like you have a guy that does one thing good. Like have him do that thing. You know. Um, so they've got some good defensive tackles. Um, they they run kind of like this. Uh, this I'm not gonna attempt to explain it. You should read Seth's uh, MGo Blogs piece. Um, very ex- very good um, about. That stunt four three basically you know to to make long story short um, they use disruptive play from their nose tackles to kind of screw things up in the middle and um, effectively like sort of spill to the outside spill to the linebackers who jump into outside gaps um, you know this isn't like very sound but like Rutgers looked at what their personnel was and um, realized that like hey let's do let's do something kind of gimmicky and uh, and like roll with it. And at least we, like, know what we're doing. And if we get beat doing that, so be it. Like, at least we're not just getting plowed off the ball. Um, so, you know, then at defensive end, they've got uh, they've got two guys that are, like, pretty decent. Um, you know, like, Mike Tverdov is, like, a veteran, um, you know, nothing special player. And CJ Onyetchi is, like, a good pass rusher. Um, you know, I don't know. This, de- this defensive front is, like, Indiana level. Uh, and, like, we said, like, hey, they could probably move this Indiana front. But they haven't moved anyone. Like, this uh, this run game has been so horrendous. So, like, I don't know. I have zero faith that they're even going to, like, move this uh, bad front or take advantage of the kind of, like, gimmicky things that they do.
1: Yeah, I don't have faith in Michigan's ability to move uh, this defensive line. Um, you know, it, the the major caveat here is just that, like, these still players are still, like, not that good. So, I, I you know, I, I expect, like, there's a little bit of leeway here. Um, I know Milton's gonna face some pressure though, probably because Michigan's down there two starting tackles. Uh, you know, I'm I'm moving ahead to what we're gonna talk about in a second, which is the secondary. But like, you know, it's it's gotta be a matter of getting the ball out quickly and Milton um or or McNamara, either one, like I think this is a case where the receivers are gonna have to bail bail them out because yes, there will be a little bit of pressure and I and I don't expect michigan Michigan's not gonna wipe out any big ten teams front this year. Um, to agree with your point. So you know, a winning plan here probably involves getting to the edge and getting the ball out fast, I would say.
0: Yeah. Uh, I think, um, you know, like they, they, this offensive line is a mess right now, uh, partially due to like, we talked about the injuries. Um, and I just feel like this like stunting, like moving quick front is going to like, like just be in the backfield all game. I just feel, that's just how I feel. Like I, that's a little bit of feelings ball, but, um, You know, I I, I feel – I just don't see – I don't see good things happening here. Um, So, uh, from a linebacker level, um, Olakune Farakusi is probably their best player. Um, You know, very much, like, in the right gap. Uh, Tyshawn Fogg was very good last year. Hasn't been as good this year. Um, But, uh, you know, uh, like, again, like, Michigan hasn't done anything against worst linebackers. Um,
1: (laughs) Yeah. I just want to celebrate uh, how good the names are on Rutgers, like Tyshawn Fogg and Klayton Fogg. Oh BC yeah, both great names. names.
0: Yeah, you really have to hand it to him there. <laughs> um, and then uh, from a uh, their safeties are bad. Um, you know, Michigan hasn't taken advantage of bad safeties all year, but you know, if, if they can if they can accidentally get to the second level, uh, you could <laughs> probably have our, our our running backs. You know, make one of these guys miss. Um, and then the corner again, like another bad big ten team with better corners than Michigan. Um, uh, it, Rutgers has two pretty good corners. Um, so you know, it, awesome. Again, Can we
1: just like send a uh, brink struck to Canman, New Jersey and get their corners on our team next year. like what are we what are <laughs> we doing here? You know?
0: Uh, it's actually Piscataway. Oh, uh, whatever right. Piscataway New. Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I agree. Um, it, look, if the Brinks truck gets anywhere in the general area, you know, like they, they just, just dump some money on the ground. Let's find some, somebody who can run. Um, send then
1: Brinks trucks to every single Big Ten town over the <laughs> offseason to see, just to see
0: what happens, to see what shakes out. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, I mean, this defense, this defense is exploitable. It's a little bit gimmicky, um, you know, and you can, ex- you can exploit that, uh, you know, if, if you, if you hit it the right way. And Michigan can get some of their athletes to the second level um, and, you know, go a long way. Uh, but, like, they – I mean, you know, like we've said, Michigan hasn't done that all year. Um, and we don't know who is even going to be starting at quarterback. We don't even know what this – like, we don't know what the offensive uh, identity wants to be. Um, so, I mean, it's it's just really tough to project anything right now besides that, like, Michigan is prob- – Michigan's offensive line is going to struggle to block. And therefore, you know, like, look, if, if they didn't like open up the playbook against Indiana or Michigan State or, uh, Wisconsin, I don't know what we're expecting against Rutgers. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, you know, we, we will just have to see and sort of like hope for big plays, um. I would say any level of competence, even against Rutgers, would be like a huge, a huge win. Quite I true. love that
1: you like we're at the point of like hoping for big plays against Rutgers. We're, we're assuming we can't stay on schedule, running our offense against Rutgers. So I mean you're not wrong. Like, I don't ag- I don't disagree. And I I, I actually you're, I, I have to amend what I said earlier. I said that their secondary was bad, and that's that's not true. You're right. The corners are good. Um, so that's you know that's not as much of a freebie as you would hope. Um, like, my projection here is, like, what you said. I expect chaos on the offensive line, as in, like, not every play is disastrous in the way that 2017 was, but, like, it's going to be an up-and-down night. Um, we know that. Yeah, we know there's going to be fast. some pressure. Um, we know that running between the tackles will probably be running into a brick wall, just because it has been every single time. I don't know if that would change. Like, yeah, yeah. like, Mike is not a good run-stuffer, but, like, <laughs> Michigan can prove me wrong as soon as they start, you know. <laughs> um if Michigan can start running into the A gap with like consistently, like, please show me you can do it, I'd, be, I'd love to see it. But, um, yeah, I, I think this game's kind of like, I think a lot of it's going to come down to like, can Milton get on the same page as his receivers, who I think will be able to get open even though, uh, Rutgers has some okay corners. Like, receivers have been the strength of the offense. Um, you know, I expect Ronnie Bell to be open a lot, I expect Johnson to get open, Wilson tight ends will get open if they can catch the ball isn't a different question but like you know can Milton make enough reads to actually just find the guys that are open I think it's kind of as simple as that
0: yeah and I think also like um you know it's I think the upshot for this offense is uh you know if McNamara starts um can he just hit like these easy plays that Michigan has been scheming open that you know Josh pointed out to you um and there have been a handful of them so you know if Michigan can scheme those open um, and McNamara just throws, like, catchable balls to these receivers, um, that could be, you know, that could be definitely a noticeable difference. So, you know, I don't think it's all – yeah it's – look, I mean, this is a big opportunity for, like, this offense to just show – the offense and the defense, like, you are playing the most garbage can team that you will see all year. Like, can you do basic things correctly? Or is this just, like, truly a dumpster fire, you know? um i mean look it is truly a dumpster fire there's no there's no debating that but like is it like a cancel the program level dumpster fire or just a like just a like rebuilding year dumpster fire um you know i don't know it's i'm i'm leaning i'm leaning one way but i won't say how i'm leaning Um, i also love the word the point where like
1: i did the whole thing my whole projection assuming milton was starting and you're assuming McNamara is starting. like that's just how like (laughs) how chaotic this whole situation is right now
0: yep it's awesome we love it don't we um so uh let's see let's I mean, i'm looking up the line right now um so right now michigan seven and a half point favorites against Rutgers. uh six thirty p.m at biscataway um connor how would you well we, we did how we would bet but so i guess just make a projection um who wins uh what's the score what does it generally feel like
1: man this is tough for me actually um When we made our bets, like Michigan, when we made our bets, was almost favored by 10 points, which I think is just stupid. Like, I don't think there's really an FBS team that this Michigan team deserves to be favored by that much against, honestly. Yeah. Um, They're just not competent.
0: Like, they're not, like, competent enough to be 10 points better than, like, anyone. You know? Yeah. I don't
1: know. Yeah, and so that was silly, so I obviously took Rutgers to cover. Um, The question for me right now is am i actually going to project Rutgers to win this game. Um, wow. I, Oh, I thought you said you were. No, I mean, I, uh, I I don't know. I mean, I look, okay. You know what? I'll do it. I really hope I look stupid. I really, really hope I look stupid and I hope that I'm wrong. Um, if I have to make a projection, I, uh, I'm going to say like Rutgers 28, Michigan 25. I, I can't believe I'm saying that, but like, I, I just, I made optimistic projections for the Wisconsin game. I thought Michigan would be in it for a while at least, and they just look so bad. And I want them to, to make me look stupid, so I'm going to pick against them in this game. They lose by you know a few points.
0: Yeah, I mean you know I'm trying to be like reasonable, but like I you know we go through that def- that that lineup, and it's like I, I kind of think Rutgers wins more matchups than that matchups than Michigan does. Like okay, I mean you know I won't I won't go in depth here, but just like. Michigan's offensive line versus Rutgers' defensive front. I'm going Rutgers. Um, Michigan's quarterback slash receivers against Rutgers, cor- you know, like secondary um, and pass rush. Like, I'm probably going Rutgers a little bit there because it's just Michigan's uh, Michigan's passing offense has been so hit or miss. Um, and, you know, we don't know what to expect from, Kate, from McNamara if he starts or Milton. Um, so, yeah, I'm probably going with Rutgers there too. Um you know, and then Michigan's running, or uh, sorry, uh, Rutgers' running game versus Michigan's defense. Um, Michigan's defense hasn't stopped anyone on the ground. Uh, and then Rutgers' passing offense versus Michigan's defense. Like again, Michigan has not stopped anyone. So like, what? Wh- where does Michigan win this game? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I will besides, say it's that... like getting lucky on some talent. You know, I, I don't I don't know.
1: I will say that with like Noah Vedral in their receiver room and their offensive line, like I, I I do think that that the I I know I know it sounds silly, but I think that Michigan's it could be yeah you're right. I still you're like I think Michigan's still favored there honestly, but but I mean that's just a
0: projection. Yeah, it could be, yeah, yeah it, you're right. I, I would say it, look, it's two incompetent units going up against each other where it's like anything could happen because they just don't like neither one is functional. So you know, I, I guess you're right there. Um so, you know, with all that said, I'm, I'm going to take Rutgers to win. Um, I'll say Rutgers, I'm going to say like something gross, like Rutgers 24, Michigan like 17. Um, I, I don't know. I just, like, I also think Rutgers, like, I, you know, I'm not usually like an emotion guy, but like Michigan is a defeated team at this point. And Rutgers, like, you know, you know that Greg is going to be like, hey, guys, like, we can beat Michigan this year. Like, that never happens at, at Rutgers um besides when it happened like five or six years ago um, <laughs> that's the last but, uh, time Michigan fell off
1: the rails yeah
0: <laughs> yeah exactly so like yeah I, I think that like they're gonna come out fired up make a handful of plays early and that's just gonna be like kind of enough to win um so you know what well,
1: here's gosh. what I would say is like <laughs> a few episodes ago I said we kind of know what a Harbaugh team looks like when they're gonna be in trouble in a game and it, it historically has been like you know incomplete pass on first down lose two yards on second down trying to run like you know the most basic old-fashioned running play uh incomplete pass on third down and we're out and you're like oh okay it's gonna be that kind of day all right right exactly no immediately (laughs) and and i think like we're in a more dire situation now that was when that was in happier times so like it's it's less about like that kind of series for me than it is like body language and physicality and like if Michigan comes out like a team that wants to win a football game, if they come out like a team that has found some spark in the locker room, that has kind of solidified their sense of purpose, um, and that hasn't quit on their coach, then I still think Michigan wins. The reason I picked against them is because I'm not at all taking any of that for granted, and Michigan's got to prove me wrong. Um, that's where I'm at.
0: Yep. No, I agree with you. So I think we're both taking Rutgers to win and like, not even in like a really ironic way or anything like that. Like, or just like a doom and gloom way like i legitimately think that this i i think Rutgers will win this game um you know so uh that's that is where we are at um as a program and i i think that i hope that at least if ruckers wins this game uh that you know it does nail that like and we start healing like hearing like whispers um of you know uh harbaugh wanting to step down at the end of the year that is my that's my like most rosy take on this game <laughs> Yeah, I
1: mean, I think I think what will happen is like, you still won't hear anything about the '80s office if they lose it, but like it'll be like Harbaugh to the Jets.
0: Rumors will accelerate that kind of thing. Um, yeah. Do you think? I mean, real quick, let's talk. about – do you, do you think he would even like be able to get at NFL? I mean, I that's stupid. I guess like NFL NFL has so many retreads and like bad hires that someone would take him. You're totally right. I
1: I kind of think well the kind of thing that i'm not like so i'm not as smart about x's and o's as like you or your brother or or, like a lot of people the go blog guys whatever but i will say that like the stuff that harbaugh brought when he first got to michigan the kind of galaxy brain really complex run schemes that require your linemen to be really sophisticated and also the way that he coaches quarterbacks because like one of the reasons i think quarterback development is bad is because he coaches like they're in the nfl and they have to understand a bunch of shit. whereas many college programs like try to make it simple on quarterbacks right I think there's still something there with Harbaugh where, like, his more galaxy brain stuff that we find annoying. um, It's, you know, there are a lot of people that are big in X's only in the NFL that, like, think that stuff just generally works better at that level. Um, You've seen it work with Greg Roman, at least for, like – and I know that he's not having the best season right now in Baltimore, but, like, you know, Greg Roman, Mr. Harbaugh guy, has done good things all over the NFL. And I think, yeah, I think some team would definitely take a chance on Jim at this point. Um, I wouldn't necessarily advise them to because – I do think coaches decline over time, but like I, I could still see some of the things that have been weaknesses at Michigan still working out for the NFL, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you there. Um, all right I think the wow. I, I just thought of like the funniest like scenario would be that, uh, date like David Shaw kind of gets fired and he goes back to Stanford. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know even why I said that, but I just, it, it, there's like very, like it, it's, it's very funny. Like there have been like a lot of like retread type hires that, um, have like, sort of worked out and just like it just feels weird to like watch them like you know her uh her at uh arizona state or whatever um i don't know totally going off on a tangent there but that's that was my little thing i thought about um so with that i think we're done for the day uh i you know uh i hope we're both kind of wrong because it would suck to lose to rutgers um but i don't think that's gonna hurt me either way really so uh you know good place to be on a thursday
1: yeah, this has been about as fun as it possibly
0: could be, given what it's about. So thank you, Dan. <laughs> yeah, th- yeah, no problem. I think, you know, we're, we carry it through with our charisma. And, um, you know, I've, I've been I've been told by uh, people that may or may not be my parents that we have great chemistry. So. I mean, we got fans. Like, I, I, y-
1: your parents like the show. Your girlfriend likes the show. Your brother likes the show. We're killing it, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And we will uh, – probably talk to you on the ace pod and um either be you know i don't know we will we'll, we'll be a certain level of depressed i mean ace the pod
1: other. if like if michigan loses like ace pod will probably be like an hour of like you know drinking stories or something so
0: whatever exactly <laughs> so all right uh talk to you later thanks connor thanks Matt.